Hello, I'm Bob Trout. I've got a story here that I think is big, really big, because it's bound to have a terrific impact on business. I'm talking about a new market, a big new market, millions upon millions of new prospects with $15 billion to spend. That's right, I said $15 billion. That's a lot of money, isn't it? The surprising thing is that it's a fresh market, still full of opportunities. It grew up so fast, got so big in a hurry, that few of us realize its scope. Now these days, nobody's likely to pass up chances to sell. And yet right here in our own front yard, there's a neglected market. There's money waiting to be spent. To get the story of this market, to be able to tell you the secret of selling the Negro, we did a lot of digging. What up, what up? I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy, Emmanuel. I'm back in the kitchen. I'm whipping it up. And today's episode is brought to you by Mr. OK's Essentials. This is where the love and the vibes are. Mr. OK specializes in making amazing candles that truly set the vibe. They are made of 100% soy wax with a wooden cedar wick. There's no wax that contains paraffin. There's no cotton wick. You don't have to worry about burning a petroleum byproduct in your home or office anymore. They have different scents, man. There's empathy, which is dope. Belvedere was one of my favorites. Bachelor pad, I can't even, I'll never buy that one just because I just, I can't go back to those days. I'm happily married with two kids, but there are some bachelors out there. Go ahead, set the move, set a cohesive vibe for your home. You know what I'm saying? So um, also there's body butters. I use the body butter. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's just, you only need a little bit and you will just be shining and just glowing all day. There's the soap. I haven't got the soap yet. I need to, I need to get the soap. They got the soap balls popping off. You understand? So 100% natural ingredients, man. 100% black owned, 100% vibes and love poured into every product. Now, go to the website, Mr. OK's Essentials. Type in the promo code SOX, S-O-X, and get 10% off your order. Okay? So once again, go to Mr. OK's Essentials.com. And in the checkout, type in promo code SOX, S-O-X, to get a 10% discount show your support for the podcast and get a discount you know what i'm talking about so hope y'all enjoy let me know how you like it let me know how you love it better yet What up, y'all? We in here. I got my guy, Mondo, with me. Mondo, say what's up to the people, bro. What's up? What's up? Man, uh, it today, that the day that we're recording this, it is Wednesday, April the 3rd. I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but just for context of part of the conversation, we'll let y'all know. Um, we are just a few days removed from Nipsey Hustle being, being killed, man, tragically at his store in L.A. Um, oh, bad. Yeah, just just terrible, bro. Um, yeah, you you actually used the one that that texted me that, bro. Like I remember, 
it was like 4.54, if I'm not mistaken. And I like, I think that's when you text. I woke up from a nap at like 5.01, yeah. checked the text, and I'm just like. It's crazy how quick stuff travels, man. Like, I, So I, I listened to a dude, um, I don't know, but barbershop conversations. I listened to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, a YouTuber um, that just be talking about boxing stuff. And he lives in L.A. And he's a big dude of real estate and all that. So I'll be yeah. listening to this stuff. Yeah. And um because he's out there and he, he knew Nipsey or he had met him before and all that. Word. Like, he had just posted something on his YouTube real quick. And I was like, oh, shoot. And then he just said, yo, this happened. We don't know no details. It just happened. And that's when I texted because I know you, you a big fan. Uh, you know, before all of this, I know you a fan. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I wasn't that big of a fan, but, like, I've always respected him. Yeah. Like, always. Yeah. Yeah. So I had sent it out like, yo, this is crazy. And that was before we knew anything. And, of course, you know everything came out afterwards which is unfortunate yeah and then like after you after I seen the text and it was like I checked the TMZ report or whatever it was like 533 and it was just like Nipsey had been pronounced dead I'm just like yo that's that don't make no sense bro it is crazy I know like there's only so much they can say like on the but it it didn't sound good from the start whenever you say you hear somebody got hit six times like and they said he got hit in the head I was just like dang man that that don't sound good at all but um, yeah, just it's, prayers for prayers for his family and yeah, prayers up. Yeah, bro. all of his fans and they, you know, just all of his people, man. Everybody, every anybody who's gonna mourn him the most that really misses him, you know. Yeah, God bless them for real. Yeah, man, he touched a lot of people, was connected to a lot of people, did a lot of good, employed people, um, you know, gave the schools. Just man, absolutely, he, he did a lot. He did a lot for his city. It just, a lot for his community. It sucks that this happened had to happen like the day before they said he was supposed to meet with the LAPD to to try and come up with some ways to reform, you know, you know, uh, you know, relationships amongst the gangs and stuff, like you know what I mean. And then to to I don't know to lose your life before that over some BS is just bad, you know. Yeah, bro. Just the just the fact that somebody would take his life man over some like just a just a silly altercation yeah like it it wasn't nothing serious bro yeah it's never that serious man i think you know hopefully i don't know i mean there's we get more and more lessons each each year but hopefully it's a lesson to you know a lot of people that you know five seconds <laughs> can affect the rest of your life you know what i'm saying like it's just it's never that serious it's never that serious Never. You know, walk away, do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you got to do to cool out, whatever. Just don't throw away your whole life and ruin the life of so many people over something that really doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, it's just bad on so many levels, but. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that goes without saying, but, like, you just, you got to say it. You got to yeah. say it, man. But oh, yeah. with that being said, man, rest in peace to Nipsey. Mm-hmm. Gone, but never, ever forgotten, man. His, his legacy is going to live on for sure, bro. Most definitely. Yeah. So, as you all heard in the intro, we have a very interesting conversation that we're going to get into. Uh, the, The clip came from a video that was made in 1954. It's called The Secret of Selling the Negro. Or is it Selling to the Negro? I think it's selling to the Negro. Is it selling the Negro out? or No, it, it could be a little bit of both. But <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it was basically a marketing video put on by the government uh, to encourage white business owners to sell to this new market, this new burgeoning, flowering, budding market that was coming out of nowhere. Okay. Supposedly. 
So speaking of us, like the like the product, like yeah, okay, yeah, like we were the product. Like, <laughs> hey, this is this is great for America. This new market, this new group of whatever group of people. So it's almost so it's like we weren't a part of America, <laughs> but we just happened to just show up all out of nowhere, and now we like mean something to America. Yeah. You know, so. so it's almost like now that they're human, let's capitalize. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's make some money, people. Now that they're human, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I just. It's funny. Word. So we're gonna we're gonna run through some clips. We're actually gonna run through basically the whole presentation. And so uh, let's go ahead and get into that first clip. Yes, this is the market we're talking about. The new Negro family. Their name is Wells or Wilson, Smith or Brown or Alexander or Breen. They live in Chicago, in Atlanta or New York, in Detroit, St. Louis, Los Angeles any one of a thousand cities and towns. All over the country, families such as this are enjoying new prosperity. They have new interests, new standards of living, a buying power they've never enjoyed before. Wow. <laughs> that was informative, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, what I what a way to start. Am I black enough? Because he didn't say my last name. <laughs> <laughs> like, should I be questioning my car now? Like... <laughs> The funny thing is, he said the first one was Wells. That's like my, <laughs> that's Rodita's family. Then I was like, dang, he dang. hit him up. That's crazy. <laughs> that's all bad, man. So in, in 1954, black people started enjoying a buying power that they never had before. Man. How crazy is that? That's something else, man. It's something else. <laughs> I like how this is like, he really did research about it. Like, he knew all the names. Like, it's almost like... <laughs> You know this is mean? the blackest name according to <laughs> the census of 1954. Exactly, like you know, I don't know. It's just crazy, man. I don't know. They come from this area and this area. They live in Los Angeles. <laughs> they live in Detroit. They live in Charlotte. They're turning up everywhere now. Like, like as if we just came out of nowhere, bro. They just, literally just showed up in these cities. Man, I think that's a reality. Like, because this is what happened, bro. White people started seeing black people show up in these cities, and now they're now they're listening to this guy. Like, hey. This isn't just a phenomenon. This is a real thing. It isn't just happening in Los Angeles, guys. This is happening all over the country. <laughs> it's not just us. It's just funny to me that there were always a freaking study, even back then. Like even now, this like, was on, very scientific on, on a deeper level. But oh, man. but but back then, like it's just, I don't know. Yeah, so bro. many levels. It was it was they're always super scientific with it, bro. So there are Wilsons and Jones and Jenkins and <laughs> bro, stop it. <laughs> like he he was giving like giving himself credibility by knowing the, the name bro. exactly like there's like hey i know a wells <laughs> i know a jones hey this guy knows what he's talking about you know what i mean like the fact that he was an expert he felt like i'm just so upset man like this was their expert oh man the great negroologist basically yeah <laughs> but the the next clip about the negro shoppers bro this is a good one Hello, let's get man. into it Hello, baby. Hello, baby. Hello, baby. They're good prospects for practically all types of goods and services. All too often, though, they're overlooked prospects. Why? Because of some good, valid reason? No. They're overlooked because of mistaken ideas, because of out-of-date ideas about how the Negro lives and how he buys. The truth of the matter is that the Negro lives pretty much the same as other folks. 
He buys pretty much the same way, too. But just the same, a lot of old doubts and opinions keep cropping up over and over again. Oh, I don't like to do business with Negroes. They're drifters. You can't keep track of them. Yes, although a lot of people think that way, the truth is that one out of every three Negro families living in cities today owns its own home. That figure comes directly from the United States Bureau of Census. Wow. I don't like working with Negro. Why do you make him sound so lame? Like, I know real authentic racist people. I mean, he might have been, but he makes them, he doesn't represent them well. He doesn't? No. He sounds pretty white to me. He sounds pretty white, but he just sounded lame. Like, But that was a, you know. I guess it was nice. He grew up in the Depression. Yeah, he, he grew up in a different <laughs> time, bro. They they talked. <laughs> they communicated a little differently. Man. Like, I just did. I've dealt with people when you hear them. Like, I know you mean that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he sounded like, uh. He wasn't the best actor. Yeah. You're not buying it. Like, he was reading lines. He might have really been racist in real life, but right mm. now he was trying to act like he was. I feel you. I don't know. They could have done better. They could have done a lot better. I feel you. I feel you. It's funny though. Like he was he was talking about uh, how a third of the Negroes are homeowners mm-hmm. in in these in these cities, and so I had to do a little research. And I'm thinking, how much has changed since 1954 to now? Okay. So the census says that 43 percent of blacks are homeowners. So that's good. in the whole country. So he was just talking about, I think he was talking about in those cities, but this was just talking about overall, right? So that would be, that would mean that there's been progress, right? Is it really progress? I mean, that's a 10% increase, and you're talking about over the whole entire country. He was talking about these specific cities. So realistically speaking, it would be bad, like... We can't expect that the overall consensus in the country would be at the same level as these few distinct cities he's looked at. Like that should be higher than the, the the you know what I'm saying than the nationwide average. If the nationwide average now is even bigger than what it was in these remote, you know what I'm saying? It was remote. There was a high concentration of of Negroes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In these <laughs> metropolitan areas. I don't think it's progressed enough. I'm just saying, like, I think it's pretty trashy. Yeah. Yeah, because like, because you, because you got to think. In 1954, so in the 50s, that's when they're taking this information. Mm-hmm. We just came out of sharecropping. My grandfather was sharecropping in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Him and his father. So my grandfather and my great grandfather were sharecropping in the 30s. Yeah. And so it wasn't until like what what he's talking about, and like when my dad was telling me, it wasn't until. Like the industrial revolution, I guess in the forties, I don't really know when that is, but I'll say let's say in the forties, mm-hmm. we started moving out the south, the Great Migration. We started getting up out of there and moving to all these big cities with all these steel mills and all these all this big industry. Mm-hmm. That's why they had jobs and that's why they had steady incomes. Mm-hmm. And now they're this new market because they don't have to be relegated to sharecropping and making fifty cents a day. Cause that's how much my grandfather made. Dang. Fifty cents a day. And so, well, actually, he made 75 cents because in 1930, when my grandfather was 13 years old, he could plow a whole tobacco field just like a grown man. And so he negotiated to get 20 an extra 25 cents from my grandfather. Now, now, granted, I know 50 or 75 cents carried a lot more weight back then than it does now, obviously. No. But that's still crazy to hear. It's wild. Yeah. That capsule's making sense today. Because whatever... 
they was paying us. You know they was making 20, 30, 40 times that themselves. You know true, what I mean? Like, true. When I say it carries more weight back then than now, I know none of them were paying $1,500 a month in rent. Is all I'm saying. They didn't have... It was, they were sharecropping. They were just working to live. To live. Yeah. They didn't have any money. They yeah. didn't have no wealth. They didn't have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was it, bro. Like, you just work so that you can live on this property. And if you don't work... It's crazy, you're man. Going to, you're going to jail, you're probably going to get killed in Jim yeah. Crow South, you know? Yeah. So... It's crazy, man. Yeah, bro. It's wild. Any any thoughts about that clip, man? That I mean, the part that was... This is my overall consensus when I listen to the whole thing. We're going to get into it. Word. But he kind of touched on it in that... Because <laughs> when he was trying to educate this non-educated white man who mm-hmm. just is really iffy about whether or not he wants to engage with Negroes. And he said, <laughs> you know, well, to be honest, they're not that much different than the way we shop. <laughs> like, that's the part that was the funniest. you like, word, nigga? Like, seriously? <laughs> oh, so we like shit that works, too. Like, y'all, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's just, oh, I don't know. That, that's the part that really got me. The, As if we're, like, some totally different species. Yeah, like, the fact that that was a revealing, like, that was a revelation to them. Yeah. Like, and, he, not- and they really had to describe that. <laughs> it's funny because, like, because there's money involved. Well, it's always about money. Yeah. But because there's this big business involved, now they, like, have to market our humanity. Man. Like, that's the saddest part about this. Like, hey, they're just, they're just like you. So, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous, obviously, but. Man, and I, just the, the idea that they knew that it was a fresh new opportunity to monetize black humanity. Like, mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. we're going to demonize them, you know, still. But in these markets, you know, like, there's benefit to letting people know that they're human, you know? Yeah. They're just like us. We can, I don't know. Word. You got to follow the money. Yep. That's what it is. So let's let's get into this next. Hello, baby. Uh, maybe so, but Negroes are poor credit risks. Not more of a credit risk than any other group. Actually, the Negro home buyer meets his payments faithfully often more faithfully than other race groups in the same economic level. That's the information we got from people who ought to know, the National Association of Real Estate Boards. Well, maybe, but I've always heard that Negroes buy shoddy, poor quality merchandise. No, it's just the other way around. According to leading researchers, in proportion to population and income, Negroes buy more quality products than any other comparable United States group. You see, there are a lot of confused notions about the Negro customer. But when you dig right down and find out about them, they just don't hold water. Negroes own homes. They meet their payments faithfully. They buy good brands of merchandise. So why let a lot of old-fashioned ideas hurt profits? It's amazing. All of a sudden, they they just have these glowing reviews for Negroes about ne- like we're good people now. now. Yo, we're homeowners. We Damn. pay our bills better than every other race. You Man. mean to tell me in 1954 we just came out of sharecropping and now we pay our bills? Now we can read, we can write, we can pay our bills. We are amazing now. Mm-mm-mm. So is it we were always like that? But then they just paint us otherwise. Come on. 
I mean, Come on, whatever narrative needs to be fit for whatever situation, like, you know, when wow. money is on their mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's sell to these good Negroes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. This is it's, it's bad on so many levels, man. It's terrible, bro. Like, the, the part where he's talking about, like, we buy bad merchandise. Yeah. Okay. He can he can think that. Yeah. But it don't matter. Nineteen fifty four, eighteen eighty four. Anytime we had any chance to buy something, bro. You know what I mean? Back in back in Africa, like we was trying to get blinged out. Like black people always have the finest of the finest, bro. <laughs> I'm saying. Like we always decorate the best. Did like, they we, have we're that always many... gonna be fly. It, that's not you know what I mean? Did they have that many choices back then? Like you talking about when we said they buy bad merchandise, was it just all these brands? Like I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if they... They probably had Dollar General or Dollar Store. I don't know what they had. You know I don't know I mean? Like, <laughs> I want to know what their equivalent was because I doubt it was like 7-Eleven on every block, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was like Woolworths or something. Oh, like okay. <laughs> Sears or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, bro. But how, how do you feel about that little clip there, bro? Uh, I don't Like, I, I still feel like... I mean, he was on to something when he said we they ain't that much different from us. Like, I, I just don't, for the life of me, I can't, it's hard for me to fathom, maybe because I was raised in this generation, how they can't understand that niggas ain't that different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want the same stuff. I want my stuff to work. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't know. It's just, it's funny to me that this, they're painting it like there was this concept just was just un, unbeknownst to the white masses. Like, what do you mean they like what we like? Wait, what, what? What do you mean they, they, they want merchandise that works, that matters to them? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this whole, like I don't know the way they're talking. Like we freaking Neanderthals is just hilarious to me. You know. But it must. I mean, the fact that they had to create it and had to convince people means that I mean, this was really how people thought. Yeah. Like in I, in general. Wow. Like they had to like look guys, they're regular people. Okay. <laughs> They pay their bills. Actually, so, pay their bills better than you. So business owners, like business savvy enough people that own businesses, mm-hmm. could not grasp that concept. Well, I think there were some that were, and the ones that weren't, the government was trying to, like, yo, look, you need to get off your little old fashioned ideas that you have and recognize this is about money. Stop being racist, okay? Yeah. To all this, all these racist ideas that you have. I know that's how you feel, but it's not true. And we're all going to benefit from these people that we all hate. But from it's these not, people who we don't consider yeah, citizens and we don't consider humans. That's the deeper thing behind it. So it's not like, you know, we want all you to understand that they're not this type of people for the sake of knowing that they're real people. Mm-hmm. Let's just believe what you want to believe, but understand this is prime opportunity to make money. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> this, yeah. Is, this is a new gold rush. <laughs> exactly. You don't got to go to California. California's coming to you. <laughs> exactly. Just treat I mean, California nicely. You know what I'm and saying? And gold will be put into your pocket. We will have the same conversations behind closed doors <laughs> in the confines of our own homes. Right. They still niggas, but to their faces, <laughs> you know, put on a smile and sell them this good merchandise. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Here is the Honorable Sinclair Weeks, the Secretary of Commerce of the United States. In the Department of Commerce, 
We are constantly alert to trends that mean a healthier national economy, better business for the nation as a whole. Recently, we have been interested in a rising young market, one that represents a huge potential for goods and services. I'm referring to the new Negro market. The tremendous buying power of this group is backed, of course, by an increased earning power. The average Negro family's income is at a record high. In fact, since 1939, it has increased more than the average income of all other Americans. Just take a look at a few figures. An official Department of Commerce report shows that at least one-third of the Negroes living in cities earn from two dollars to $5,000 a year. Today, the average Negro wage earner brings home a paycheck four times larger than the one he collected in 1939. As a whole, the Negro market has a total income of about $15 billion every year. And after taxes, Negro families still have many billions of dollars to spend. Here is a buying power that cannot help but have a tremendous effect on our national economy and on business prosperity in general. When these dollars are spent for a wide range of goods, services, and employment, Business everywhere is bound to feel the impact. I'm impressed, bro. I am. I'm oh. impressed with the research, with the all the thought that was put into this. They brought out the Secretary of Commerce. It's hard to they be brought mad. out the big guns, you know what I mean? It's hard to be mad. I mean, I, I have a problem with part of his statement. He said, you know, this is going to be better for the overall economy of Americans, uh, like... As like just total, mm-hmm. you just talking about white people. Like that's let's, it. Let's just be a hundred. Like that's it. <laughs> you ain't got. Of course, you know. he's talking about white. Exactly. People. So that that part was funny to me. But then, yo, like, he's really breaking down numbers. Like I, I just hear in my mind, like he's really like trying to please these white folks. Understand, they've got money. They're like, going to give it to us. <laughs> like, you know okay? what I mean? This I, is an alley oop. I know. Take when, it. You, when you see them, I, the same thoughts come to me. But <laughs> here are the numbers. That Negro has some dollars in his pocket. Like I just like how he's pleading to these people. Like, like please sell them the merchandise. Please help us stimulate this economy. Man, which gets don't me. Let, we don't want them to shop them on the sale. Come to us. Let them come to us, guys. That is crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy. But he he was also throwing out the numbers of like the average income has gone up. Like, of course, when you go from making cents per day exactly. to making dollars per day yeah it's gonna increase well yeah like I, I thought that earlier too when he was like in this area the the negro population has gone up 89 percent. what was it like 10 negroes there before like you feel me like those stats don't mean nothing if you had nothing right. to go on before we were from zero to literally like oh we finally actually have something exactly yeah. <laughs> but thank you secretary of commerce for putting us up on game appreciate that hello baby This new buying power has resulted in a class Negro market, a profitable, above-average income group of consumers. For example, the nation's largest newspaper and magazine research organization, Daniel Starch and staff, reports these significant figures. More than 51% of the readers of Ebony Magazine have a record player in their homes. Almost 64% own a television set and almost 78% enjoy the convenience of an electric refrigerator. It is also a fact 
and this is from the magazine The Food Field Reporter, that Negroes spend almost $3 billion a year for food alone. Per capita, they buy more cosmetics, drugs, and toiletries than anyone else in the country. That is a fact. We stay clean. <laughs> we, we've been clean, bro. The Negroes buy more soap than us. <laughs> yes, sir. <That's... laughs> we run out because we bro use... go on go on uh, webuyblack.com right now. It's all soap, body butter, <laughs> uh, facts, man. <laughs> all the cosmetic supplies, bro. Man, <laughs> shampoo, everything, all natural. We gonna stay clean. We are gonna be shining. Ain't no doubt about that, man. We also have electric refrigerators. What other kind of refrigerators are there? Other, I don't know. I have I have no idea. Maybe they were powered by steam. Uh, okay, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He made it sound like most of the time those were probably new back in the fifties, though. Okay, we had TVs, we had record players. See, you know, we was coming up. Yeah, bro. I think they was noticing us have things, and they were like, wait. They've got things, but they didn't get it from us. Like, we need to be making money. If they can buy anything, they need to be paying us. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. They was they was trying to funnel that money to themselves. Man, the fact that some of these old, crusty white men back then had the foresight <laughs> to, to, to realize how important this was for a future economy oh, <laughs> for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, they always studying, though, you know? It's crazy, man. They're always trying to find a come up. So... Mm-hmm. We was the well. We we've, we've always been the come up though. But I feel like you know times have changed so much because now see this we, there there was no relationship with black people back then like between them and us really. So they had mm-hmm. to stuff was so divided that he had to plead to these other white folks that you know mm-hmm. please understand they got money if we just treat them halfway right while they're buying stuff we can make money. Now, but you know now that I think about it now that you say that. Wasn't wasn't there still segregation in the fifties or no? It was, the schools were desegregated in nineteen fifty five. I want to say, but yeah, or nineteen fifty four. When Brown versus the Board of Education was in nineteen um, fifty. Was that fifty four? Fifty four, I believe. Yeah, don't quote me, but I think that was. It, it was, sounds about right. Yeah, I know mm. the little the Little Rock Nine. All that happened like nineteen. I want to say yeah, nineteen fifty four, fifty five, one of them years. So is this the so this is the beginning of desegregation? Is that what you're saying? It's around the I feel like there was still white only and black only stuff because in the sixties there was sit ins, right? Yeah. And Rosa Parks, she she sat she she did her joint what was that was like late fifties, right? Fifty seven, fifty eight? Yeah, late fifties, early sixties. So there was still some circus, maybe it just wasn't as pronounced. Well that that was that's what gives this the the significance it has, because if there's whites only signs in a lot of places but there's not in, it's not in all places it's not in all places but the mm. mentality i think we were seen even more like we were we were the unknown <laughs> you know what i'm saying in these in these quote unquote northern or western city okay okay exactly it's starting to, it's starting to come together so he's really like that's that i'm laughing at the fact that it was ever a need to explain that we're actually real people mm-hmm. but but it makes sense in that in that essence that yo like I know you've never seen them, and I know that now they're popping up everywhere, and you're worried. You're they're scared. Popping up everywhere, <laughs> but understand, we can capitalize on this. Oh no, it's just funny to me. See, nowadays they just hire somebody black to advertise something, and we buy all their products, you know, without them having. Well, to I mean, that's that's nothing new as well, because he <laughs> actually he got into that a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's coming up soon. 
<laughs> but he also gave some more glowing praise for the Negro. Yeah. And their children are better educated, too. Because since 1930, enrollment in Negro colleges is up 2,500%. Bro, 2,500% is a wild number, bro. It is. I don't know where they're getting these numbers from, man. Like, but it's like, maybe it was HBCUs. Um, mm-hmm. And that was just a thing. Hmm. And I guess, like, you know, if they're talking about this in 1954, 1939, Industrial Revolution starts. So people now have money to send their kids to school. So now that we have a chance to go to school and not live on the on the plantation, sharecropping, everybody's getting an education. And so it, it's one of those things where it's like it's an overcorrection. Like it, the number never should have been as low as it was. That's why it shot up 2,500 percent. So instantly. Yeah. I just like how it, it's just it's weird to me how. All the stuff that was going on with us in the South, like these people here that are in these areas, we were of no concern at all whatsoever. <laughs> but the moment, like literally the moment when they realize, yo, we could actually make some money off of these niggas, then, mm-hmm. then, then now, you know, like you mentioned, we're these great Negroes who are so close to how we live. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's so weird to me. All the stuff that's going on back then, like you know, this is around the time of desegregation and yeah. all of that chaos and this and that. They had, they had the National Guard to escort these kids to school. Yeah, and now it's <laughs> let's not talk. You know, none of that. But trust me, sell to these Negroes. Oh yeah, they're regular people. When it when it comes <laughs> to the money, bro, like they gonna they gonna straighten up when yeah. it comes to that. They don't belong in our schools, but but <laughs> believe me, they'll buy your product. You know, it's just if it's, you treat them right, it's just bad on so many levels, man. But but the hey. funny thing about this whole thing, like this is the secret of selling to the Negro. Wow, like they're revealing secrets Mm-mm-mm. that the nation just never was privy to. So he was like before his time. This this guy, yeah. I mean, the country, bro, this is, like, federally funded. You know what I mean? It's like an infomercial, probably, you know? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it was just something that was just given to business owners that just needed to be swayed, you know? Yeah, it feels like one of those, like, videos you watch when you get a new job, like the instruction (laughs) video. Like, that's what it kind of feels like to me, you know what I mean? (laughs) Trying to indoctrinate you in the culture and how things go. Since 1940, in San Francisco alone, the Negro market has increased by 89%. In Chicago, by 81%. Houston, Texas, 45%. Philadelphia, 50%. The impact of this new buying force is so tremendous that actually in 14 major United States markets, a product cannot be number one without Negro support. A product must have the backing of this big new buying power to be a leader in the field. What do you have to sell? Chewing gum or cars? Toothpaste or transportation? Whatever it is, here are millions of prospects. Now, as trash as the propaganda is, I believe that statement is not as... I don't know how true it is today, because I don't really know the research, but... We are like we do drive trends and we do, you know, we, we set trends. And so, like, if we are a huge buyer of something, it's it's going to be a leading, you know what I mean, brand or leading, whatever, whatever the case might be. Like we 
helped sustain so many brands and so many companies with no loyalty to us. But if we love it, yo, everybody's on it. I don't think he meant that we were setting trends in that manner. No, he wasn't. He was just saying, yeah. like, li- he was literally saying. I think he meant trend, like, this could be a, a trend in sales. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Well, no, he was he was just saying, like, for the, for a company to be the the top of its to be the top of its class and just to be the number one seller, it has it has to be backed by the Negro. Like that's that's what the statistics were showing him. That there's so, enough black so people that whoever capitalizes on this on market that market is going to succeed. It's going to win the race. They're going to be the most profitable. Yeah, so like the man. companies, he what he's trying to say is, look, there's companies out there that are already marketing to these people, and those are the top companies. In whatever category yeah so if you want to get like them you better market to the black people because they will buy yeah 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 and i feel like today it's kind of the same way it is it, or it, no i i mean i mean it really depends you don't on see the, it it depends on the brand you know i, I think but yes i mean he's not lying no he's not you know um, what about so let's 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 start with fashion. Let's say like shell toe Adidas. That was like the trash shoes for Adidas at one point in time. But then when Rev when when Run DMC started <laughs> rocking them and they made a song about it, then it became the number one shoe. I think the number one shoe company right now is Adidas, and that was because well maybe not now because Kanye has ruined his reputation. But Adidas <laughs> had like Rose, you know their their stock had like quadrupled once they signed Kanye and they put out his boost and like that just they was out of here you know but that's mean? different though. That see that's what I'm saying I don't think he was mentioning I don't think he was speaking to that see Run DMC wears the Adidas or whatever hip hop culture blows up mm-hmm. and everybody wants to do what they see on TV right this is way before all of that this is just alright sales are trending for the companies are succeeding they're selling to these niggas mm-hmm. right they're so, marketing to them yeah though. and then so, the marketing is so we need to learn how to sell to them just to utilize, you know, the fact that they're here that needs to profit us. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, as opposed to like, you know. But yeah, yeah, nowadays especially because we dominate in so many, you know, as it deals with entertainment and athletics mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. And what better way to brand all these different products? <laughs> you know, so it's just, it's a whole new landscape now, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And even more so, it's easier for them to sell to us. Cause but it's, it's just kind of strange how like we're... Because they use us to market. We're an obvious minority, though. Yeah. Like, we're, what, 13% of the population? You know, they've been saying 13% for a long time. Like, I don't know what it actually is now, but I feel like people have been saying 13% for the past 20 years. I mean, it might be right. But... I don't know. But that's, <laughs> but... I mean, as far as right now, I don't know what it was back then. It might have been more. It might have been yeah. less. I don't know. Yeah. It probably was more back then, right? Because there weren't as many immigrants, so there was like, you know, we might have had a bigger piece of the American pie, so to speak, Maybe. when it comes to people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know though because there was, there was obviously there wasn't as much mixing up to that point. You know what I mean? Because mm. it was like you had to really, really be about that Romeo and Juliet life. If, if, if you, Romeo, you know Juliet. what I'm saying? Like y'all had to just want to struggle if if you was gonna do that. So now I feel like there's just definitely more black folks now. But I don't know. I don't know. There's definitely way more cultures now too. So yeah. Like, we would have probably been, like, the only minority at a certain point, right? Yeah, we was like, well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what immigration was like back then. I don't think it was... It definitely wasn't what it is now or what it was, like, post-civil rights struggle. It wasn't, like, this melting pot, as people like to call it now. 
I don't think. Yeah, I can't really speak to that, so I don't, I don't really know. know. Maybe, but I would I would assume that it wasn't as, as welcoming then. Yeah, because at because at that point in time, they were just dealing with black and white. Yeah, you know, whites only. But it would literally say black. So or no, it would say colored. It yeah. would say colored. But so color was any. They were talking about us, but like basically anybody that you know. So that could still apply to, um, Jamaicans, immigrants, Haitians, Dominicans, yeah, they're black. Hmm. Hispanic. Well, they're black in America. <laughs> That's what I mean. But they don't see themselves as black. That's what I mean. So you know, I mean, but they, you know, were to the white folks, they black. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got color in your skin. You right. black. You never seen like p- p- police brutality just end. When they find out, oh, you're Jamaican? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, we'll get back in your car, sir. You have a great day. Booyaka. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, boop, boop. never, never. <laughs> Let's hear the opinion of men who have spent a lifetime studying the buying habits of customers the world over. Here is what sales psychologists have to say about selling to the Negro. The secret of selling to the Negro is expressed in one word. That word is recognition. Now, there's nothing unusual about that. People want to be recognized. They need recognition. That's basic in all of us. But perhaps because he's had so little of it, the Negro needs even more. He needs to feel important and appreciated. This need is a very real and important one. It shows up even in many of the Negro's shopping habits. Anyone who sells or wants to sell to the Negro customer should know about some of these habits. It's getting deep. It's really getting deep right now. It is. They brought the Negroologist out. Man. He's done years and years of intense research. I want to know how, what, like, what what did their research consist of? Like, did he, uh, you know what I mean? Like, they, well, I don't, I don't think I'm going to play the, that part of the clip. I might play it. But, like, uh, they were saying how they set up cameras in different shopping areas and just observed where the Negroes shopped. What brands they bought, but he's not. They're not pretending just to know what black people do. They're mm-hmm. pretending to understand black thought process. Like they're not pretending. I think they were pretty spot on with this stuff. To the Negro honest. needs to feel important, <laughs> as if he matters. Hey, the Negro does need to feel important. Who doesn't want to feel like they matter? You know what I mean? It's like this ain't exclusive to like Mondo. They've done research, man. I think they're just mentioning everything that that, that is relevant for them. <laughs> But trying to convince people that it's relevant for us too. <laughs> they're trying to make us like them. No, they're, 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 or they're they're trying to convince. Once again, it's just the same thing. Like, they're using all the facts they know are true about them mm-hmm. and speaking to how they apply to us. But right. as if it's this nuanced thing, like this new brand new kind. Of like they want to feel as if they're real people. Like, you know, what I'm saying? like <laughs> you're not an expert for that. I'm sorry. Like, but I don't know. You know, somebody was paying him to do this. Hey, he's so. a PhD. Okay, <laughs> we can't question it. Hey. Three habits in particular play a big part in every sales transaction. To begin with, most Negroes buy by brand. They ask for products by name. They're quick to turn down off brands. Do you wonder why? Well, listen to what this customer is thinking. Hmm. That last hat I bought just didn't hold up at all. You see, For a long time, the Negro has been sold a lot of shoddy, second-class merchandise. So now he asks for name brands in order to make sure he gets his money's worth. Buying by brand, that's the first important Negro buying habit. Now for the second. 
The Negro buys good quality merchandise. Symbols of quality and prestige are very important to the Negro customer. This woman, for example, is buying fine crystalware, but she is also buying the admiration and approval of her friends and relatives. Listen to her thoughts. My, isn't it beautiful? I can hardly wait to show it to Sally and Joan. It's a well-known fact that many Negro customers are influenced by the opinions of others. What their friends may think of a certain item often decides whether or not the sale is made. Facts upon facts. No. <laughs> no. No. How is that not facts? I refuse. No. Bro, Negroes this, this, do love th- a brand, a good brand this name. This Negroologist is not going to convince me. Listen, <laughs> do, do we like brands? Okay, but you got to look. You got to put this on a scale. Oh, We're not. Man. This is not any more so than white folks. Everybody. Has, now, I think. I think black people are more drawn towards brands, bro. Look, and he mentioned. I have not. We, I have not met the Negro who went back to Lids and was like, "Hey, this, this, this." You know, it just didn't hold up. I don't. You know, you can tell the curvature on the front of it. Now, no, no, no. What Negroes Mondo. was he dealing with? Mondo. <laughs> Don't question a Negroologist, bro. I'm just saying, like, you know, there was some new niggas in 1954. This is different now. I, I understand. In but. all seriousness, though, we still are heavily influenced by brand names. We used to get clowned as a kid if you didn't have brand name shoes on, brand name clothes. You was always looking for that label. And the bigger the logo, the more, the better you thought it was, bro. Yeah, nah. You couldn't have no fake polo. Like, we, we are drawn towards brands, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the little make, homie might do it for a Gucci belt, bro. Listen, a Louis belt. I'm sorry, is that, is that what Drake said? You will know better than I. <laughs> I, I don't even know, man. Right, listen, okay, okay. I, I don't listen. Yeah, I could kind of say, it. but there was a certain. You gotta look at different age groups too, as you know. You certain things matter to you when you're of a certain age. I remember, I, I, I you know. I don't want to say, oh, no, I ain't going to, like, thank the funk. I got made fun of because I had a FUBU shirt that was really Fruit of the Loom when you look at the tag. Like, <laughs> like, and I feel bad that my parents subjected me to that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but Wait, first of all, how did that come about, bro? Because they wanted, they, oh, the kids want FUBU. I th- my parents didn't understand the importance of really having it be name brand. Yeah. They just figured it's on a shirt. All the kids <laughs> want it. They're with, like, you even, like, I remember there was a little R under the FUBU. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah that's how you could tell it was fake, too. You, oh, you know? man. But, and you look at the, I didn't even know. I wasn't up on the First on of all, who looked at the tag on your shirt? Who found that out? I don't even remember. Man, I remember somebody, somebody had pointed out. Somebody was breathing. And, and it was all neck. bad. It was, was like, man. It was all bad. But it, you know, maybe this might prove your point somewhat. Because I went to, so when I, I think I went, so I went to Buckman, right? Uh-huh. Which is like a performing arts elementary school. You know, it was kind of diverse, but it wasn't like a black school. One went to Irvin, uh, the Fernwood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was all these things from Irvington. Yeah. So they knew, man. They could point it out real quick. Nah, real quick. I mean, that's yeah. fake. You see the little R. <laughs> Bro, I would literally work for a whole summer, save up all my money, see, that's, just that's so I could get brand name everything. That's Bro. a shame, man. Come on. That's not a shame, but that's that's how we. No, I, that's I respect we, your work ethic. I'm just saying, thank the, you, the, the thank fact, you. the mentality. You know, what I'm saying, like, the, it was hey, that important to us. It was that. It serious. was that important to us, man. <laughs> Clothes was everything, bro. If you didn't have no gear in the '90s and oh my in the 2000s, bro, man, come on, man. Yeah, you can't. You couldn't go to school and be having some off-brand. You couldn't be no off-brand. Couldn't like off-brand that. is literally a connotation for somebody who's 
lame rest of somebody Bro, who's trash. You off brand. I had so much off brand. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> like I went to the Merna store, Gen X. Yes, Gen like, X was trash. All, it was like worse than top to bottom. <laughs> all the off brands on it, bro. Remember, their had, socks were the worst. They were they, all of them. They shrunk. were so itchy, bro. Just like man. scratching up your legs. Bro. I had this shoe, like I, my parent man. I shout out to them because they saved a lot of money <laughs> buying me clothes. <laughs> but I always had what I needed. So I ain't hating on. But yo, I had these shoes. It was Air Jump. Right? Oh, like man. air jumps and I'm sorry had, I'm sorry to hear that bro. I thought they were Jordans at first but like <laughs> if you look real close like one of the legs is bent a little more oh, <laughs> like it was different that's but cold. it was real subtle that's cold it was real subtle you feel me but name brands they matter to us so did they find the air jumps at Gen X or were they I'm fairly remember? certain yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, they couldn't be found anywhere else dang bro <laughs> shout out to your folks man they, they was making it happen for you yo they, you know had what I needed but it was it was also uh, another point that he brought out was saying that, you know, we buy for the admiration and approval of friends and relatives, bro. We be trying to stunt on each other. There's no doubt about that. And that's like very prevalent to this day. And it's highly problematic. I, 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 I see the look on your face. I understand. You don't you don't agree? I mean, I, I guess I need to stop trying to internalize it. I know it's not just about me. He's probably you're speaking about the collective. The collective, us. no, not but, about you and I. I know, but like personally, I mean, are we really ta- are we really saying like grown people? Yeah, like, you know, a lot of grown like people within our circles that care that. But much. why do why do people buy design designer name brand like all that type of stuff? Status. Still. The status because they're thinking about other people True. and what they're gonna now is that exclusive to black people? No, no. but I mean, if you want to bring that, then why does anybody do anything? If there was no other person on earth, would we get haircuts? No, but but the thing but. about us though, <laughs> at least today, like we don't have the wealth, generational or just present wealth, True. to really be buying what we do. Yeah. Like our our buying power is you know whatever one point two trillion or whatever, but our wealth is trash. Yeah, collectively. So we spend more than we make. We just want to look like we got it, and we want to look like we got it. We want to mm-hmm. emulate the people that do have it. We want to. We want to. We want to feel like we have it. We don't want to actually have it because that's long game. But in the short term, we're good with that. Now that's part of that is PTSD. But we you know wanna, what I mean? we, or PTSS, post traumatic slave syndrome. Like part of that is it stemmed from that. You know, not not thinking about the future and just thinking about the present because that's all you've had. Is yeah. day to day survival, so it's just like I ain't got time to be thinking about my what my grandkids and my great grandkids got. I'm trying to live it up right now because I don't know how much time I got. I feel like the people that really have it though don't go out of their way to show that they have it. You know, they. I understand um, you said you want to emulate people that have it, but people that are, I feel like people that are really wealthy. You know, you don't necessarily see them. Obviously, but I don't think we can always determine who who is and who isn't. Yeah, we can't. You can't just look at somebody and see what. But I don't know. I mean, it it's a cultural thing too. Yeah, it is that. Right. I, I I have to admit it is it's somewhat cultural. I, like I know a dude that um I play tennis with every now and then. Um, I I don't like know him know him like that, but he be in the same, you know, in the same place, and he's 
it's, you know Leatherman Tools Company, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's like the CEO. He's he's low. He's a millionaire, right? Word. But you would never know it. Like <laughs> he wears like the same little sweatsuit, this mm-hmm. station wagon, like nineteen ninety eight car or whatever. Mm. Like he, you like just, one of Warren Buffett type. Exactly. Yeah. Like you would never know that this dude was a millionaire. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I don't know how many people that he represents that are like that. Mm-hmm. He's just one example I can think of. But I feel like maybe I'm just interjecting my own opinion on things. But I feel like people who really have it, they wouldn't have a need to to prove that they do. You know what I'm saying? That's most, a fact. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like most people that, you know, you don't have to prove something. You want to prove something when you ain't got it and you want people to think a certain thing. You mm-hmm. feel me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... I don't know. Yeah, we but it kind of it kind of feeds into that that Gucci conversation, you know, that we had. Yeah, and it's just like, why do we even wear Gucci? Like these Italian yeah. designers, like why do we even wear all that stuff that has nothing to do with us? Has nothing to do with our culture? Doesn't represent us. They're not, they're not even marketing towards us. Yeah, but like we see that wealth and we oh man five thousand dollar jeans I gotta get them. It's bro. clearly a symbol of status. You know, yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like. That lets everyone know I'm that guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And to some people, that matters. And it don't matter to me. But right. yeah, we gotta stop putting that over generational wealth, you know. Right. So remember, the Negro buys quality merchandise. That's the second important point. And here's the third thing to remember when selling to a Negro customer: when he specifically asks for one thing, don't try to sell him something else. Don't try to switch him at the point of sale. If you do, he'll probably react something like this. Doesn't he think I've got the money to pay for it? There's a reason for this reaction. Again, because he's had experience with cheap merchandise, the Negro resents being offered a substitute. He wants to be sold on quality, not price. The Negro buys by brand, he buys quality, and he doesn't like to be switched at point of sale. These are the keys to selling the Negro customer. Another point. The Negro family does things together, as a group. The family works as a unit. It lives as a unit, and it buys as a unit. When you sell to one member, you many times sell to all. It's also true that many places of entertainment are still closed to the Negro. So he spends more of his money for the things that are available to him, often for items that are considered luxuries. Bro, that was that was deep. I'm still a little upset at whichever brother they found to do this. That wasn't a brother. I was going to say, okay, <laughs> please, please tell me. It was one of them imitating it. They could have done a better job. Doesn't, Doesn't he think he... I got the money to pay for it? <laughs> like, if that ain't the most... Bro, that is uh, the most 1950s <laughs> Anglo-Saxon individual. Bro. Oh, my gosh. Like, they could, they really dropped the ball there. But I like how they, like, are glossing over historical atrocities. Like, it's just... The Negro family does things together. Well, it ain't safe for niggas to be alone. But, you know what I'm saying? The Negro family, the many parts of entertainment are still closed to the Negro. <laughs> yes, segregation, segregation does exist. Exactly. We're aware of that. Like, why are you just talking like these are selling points, not historical? But, it, but hey, it is a selling point because, look, it's so if trash. you don't segregate <laughs> and you just smile at the Negro, he will give you his money. It's trash, man. Bro. It's trash. I can't take that these hands here. But, and, I, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I think I said this before, but, like, He's not saying anything exclusive to black people. 
You know what I mean? The Negro wants quality. The Negro wants but what he's work. he's talking wants- us. Like, once again, we keep saying he's talking us up. Yo, he just he has to overcome the stereotypes of these white business owners that believe that the Negro is shiftless, the Negro is poor, the Negro wants shoddy material. The Negro wants quality products, okay? Just like actually more more than you, to be honest. And that's 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 how we get down. And they're trying to tell him like, yo, these fools is a come up. Yeah. Like I don't know what y'all talk. I know y'all whatever. This is what y'all think because of what's been told to you. But we're trying to tell you what's best for you is to sell to the Negro. Sell to these niggas. <laughs> they got money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They know. want high quality. Don't give them no off brand. <laughs> I like how he just has no confidence in white salesmen either. Don't try and switch it up at point of sale. and Don't upsell them. No, no, no. Whatever you was trying to sell them, sell them that. <laughs> you switch it up, they walking away. <laughs> niggas ain't got patience. <laughs> I just like Yo man, he's, oh, man There's so much to dissect With what he's saying But I don't know I guess when you sell to one You sell to all Man That's the part that's funny about it Like is he, I like how they're speaking of The Negro <laughs> Like They're just one of us Yeah You know what I mean Like yeah. Whatever is true for this one Negro It's so business like bro <laughs> But I don't know man Like it's The more and more I listen to it It's just like yo these cats really had to have like an infomercial. Yeah. Like they had to lay it out, bro. There was work put into it. I want to know like the, the the man hours it took to come up with this whole thesis. You know what I'm saying? Like it's in depth. Like yeah. he, he sounds like a scholar of the times, you know? Well, he's just a spokesperson, but the Negroologist, that one dude that they had talking, yeah. you know, he's the one that probably put all the information together and they just kind of synthesized it and like put it in a sales presentation. Wow. So he put a little sales flow to it, you know, and uh, so they didn't think to get like an actual black person to just, you know, talk about things that are important to him. No, no. <laughs> the Negro all just knows best. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I just want to know the because program. they know us better than we know ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I just you know. So that was still true back then. It was more true back then. Uh, yeah, it's always been true according to the white supremacists for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Oh my goodness! It gets worse. Uh, it's just more of the same. Okay. Well, let's check it out. Another trait of the Negro market is the fact that it is a pre-sold market. We know that the Negro buys by brand, and he buys the brands that he knows something about. Where does the Negro buyer get this information? We know that Negro customers are turning more and more to the publications that are tailored specifically to their needs, that give them the news and the information that they want to read about. Many leading businessmen and companies already know this. That's why so many of them are taking this direct, sure route of reaching the Negro customer. The vice president of advertising of the Gruen Watch Company, for example, says this. In many important cities throughout the United States, Negroes are important customers of the credit jeweler. Therefore, it seemed that Ebony Magazine would be a very important advertising medium for us. We would say it was very well received, and from our viewpoint, a very successful campaign. From the Remington Rand Company comes this statement. Our records show that advertising in Ebony has been effective in many ways. As all good advertising should, it has built a terrific amount of goodwill. 
and has brought a volume of sales and sales inquiries. So Ebony was white owned? No, it was black owned. Okay. But you almost messed my whole world. We just no, no I mean it's probably white owned now. Yeah. Maybe. It's probably owned by some corporation. Hey. Was Jet White owned? I think Ebony and Jet it was all black owned at one point in time. Okay. But I think they've all been sold out to corporations just like BET, just like yeah. anything else. I just found out, too, um, I was listening to a, a podcast or whatever, a mm-hmm. YouTuber, and they were going in about how uh, blackpeoplemeet.com is white-owned. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> like it's, white, it's owned by Match.com, which is owned by this white billionaire or whatever. Word. But just because it's white-owned doesn't mean it's not run by black people, because the, the black person that started it probably sold it. As a like, all right, we're we're gonna give you. It, it got acquired, you know what I mean. Yeah. So like, we're gonna give you, you know, fifty million dollars, and we want you to be a CEO. So if it's still run by a black CEO, like the founder, then it still has its original essence, for lack of a better term. But then like, they can kick that dude out, and then they could put a white CEO in his place, because it's a you know it's owned by that by the parent company. So he still got his money, but it could be fully run by white people but sure you know but the essence of it is is made to profit white people black people meet oh that's just another example of it well no i mean it it will i mean it'll definitely profit white people because there is a white you know a white owner of a corporation that whoever bought it out probably some rich white dude for sure oh yeah yeah there's no difference from everything this dude is saying and stuff like i feel like how can we pander to black folks and and take their dollars. We've taken everything else from them in this country. Now they got a little bit of you know stability and money and so forth. Mm-hmm. Let's take that too. <laughs> this, oh yeah, they were. It was market. it was predatory. Like they were definitely <laughs> preying on us. Like oh shoot, these, these niggas got money. You know what I mean? At one point is now nah, they should never be able to come up at all. All right, mm-hmm. now they're okay. Inevitably they're coming up a little bit. Let's find a way to capitalize on that so that we come up even more off of their come up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's constant. It's just you know it's it's bad, but. The I mean they were they were trying to be respectful to us like throughout this whole process, but when he said we were a pre-sold market, that's the utmost disrespect, bro. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's like yo, it's a wrap. You know what I mean? You see them, you in Ebony? Oh, it's a wrap. They gonna buy everything that they see, and they they believe everything they see in Ebony. Wow. It's like oh man, wow. but it'd it be like that, bro. Like when we don't have no options, and like that's all that we had. Yeah, you you gonna get swayed? Like, oh, did you see that? Well, yeah, I don't. You know, that's why I, I have nothing negative to say about the black folks that was of the times. Because it's hard for me to say I would have done any any different. Like, I, I'm not. I can't promise that I would have had the foresight to be like, oh, they just pandered and this and that. No, I probably would have been shopping out of Ebony too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But just looking back on it, you just see how trash it is. But yeah, it's not surprising. But know? it's like to this day, man. Like we still fall for stuff like that. You know how many people was rocking Nike just because Colin Kaepernick got signed? Uh, and Nike was now like a sim- I know, people. I know you weren't one of them. <laughs> but there were a lot of people like, yeah, Nike is my symbol for change and my yeah. symbol for black power. It's like, yeah. brother, you have no friends. Yeah. No. <laughs> These corporations do not like you. They yeah. like making money from you, just like these people did in, in the 50s. Like they they see us as a come up, and I hate when I don't say I hate, but like it just when people think that companies really care about their best interests, 
especially when they're people of color, especially when they're black people. Yeah. Like, why? Why would you believe that? But in <laughs> like, a way, what has told you? Just because they said it, like they're rocking with you because you are of monetary value to them in some way. Don't we can't be fooled by that? And you know, it was easy. It was very easy for us to be fooled by that in the fifties. I don't. I don't think we're on that level today. Nah, nah. But but we do willingly just give away our money to to companies that don't have any business. Well, these companies are smart. Money. Like they realize that the the I guess the the name of the game now is is in this information era is to be woke and to be this and that. So if they can mm-hmm. tap into that and find, find a way to monetize that, find like a social way. Social consciousness is everything. Exactly. Yeah. If they can find a way to profit off of social consciousness, you know, then then they'll do that. And that's what they've done. You know what I mean? So that that's the Colin Kaepernick thing doesn't surprise me. And it really, you know, it if one of these white business owners is really smart, they're going to find some sort of other, make some other brand to, to combat Gucci. You know what I'm saying, and act like it's black owned, and, and take our money. Put a put a black face on it, but it's still white owned. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like or, then, you know, and I wouldn't put it past people. Like, but look, you don't even have to say that it's black owned. They just want black designers. Even Spike Lee and them, they was just like, "Yo, Gucci need to get some black designers, <laughs> and they need to get some black people in leadership. And if y'all do that, then you know, I'll, I'll ease up off the strike. It's like we don't even want black ownership. Yeah, that's that's what that's you know. I understand why you want to be part of the club so badly. Like, I feel like if don't nobody want, like, I, let's, I'm going to make my own club. Like, I'm not just, like, begging for acceptance. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just need to see somebody that look like me working for you if I'm going to support you. <laughs> that don't mean, that sounds so trash, bro. Like, I don't. <laughs> I mean, people are just taking what they can get at this point. Oh, but, but why? Like, you don't even, and why would somebody like Spike Lee, like, I, I could even understand the poor you know, of us mm-hmm. that ain't got nothing, and we just we need to see that to be inspired. I'm not speaking of me, but just anybody who who fits that bill. Mm-hmm. But for these millionaires, Spike Lee, Ti, and Two Chain, all these people that got millions of dollars, and yeah. you're upset, and you need to see somebody that looks like you working for them for you to feel like that's just I don't I don't understand the logic. I don't get it. You know? Yeah, bro. Like. As a consumer, like I feel like we should just ease up off of operating like that, just yeah. straight up. You know, um, if you are, if you are making a deal with them, then I can understand that. Like, have you heard what what happened with Beyonce and Reebok and Adidas and all that? No. Nah. So Beyonce, I guess she's starting some type of lifestyle brand, a different lifestyle brand other than her mm-hmm. Darion stuff that she started, you know, in the early two thousands. But she went into the Reebok offices and she was ready to strike a deal. But there was nobody in there that was black. And she was just like, y'all think I'm going to let you guys control my brand and you don't have nobody that looks like me? Mm-mm. I'm done. And so she went to Adidas and made the deal with Adidas instead of Reebok because Adidas has some black people in the room. I can respect that. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. like at at that level, that's a that's a good strategic move when you have a, like, a business partnership. Yeah, that's because she's yeah she's profiting off of that, and you know it's her brand and so forth. That's way different from like well you know if I know straight consumers. Yeah, yeah. if I know there's a black manager at one of the whatever, then I'll, I'll buy from there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that don't mean like what is that? That's not a win, bro. <laughs> like, and also, have you is there a Colin Kaepernick jersey? Like, has anything happened? 
with that no. line that was announced and people got all excited about like I haven't seen not one I haven't seen nobody wearing it no I don't need, I don't think it's, it's even been created oh no. <laughs> like bro everybody talked about it everybody raved about it <clears throat> I have not seen anything and that was back in was it the end of the football season so like but they also said his settlement late just 2018 too. well yeah but still though know. the settlement ain't, ain't got nothing to do with his clothing I don't line. know Nike is under control of that. True, but I'm I don't know, man. Like he's endorsed. You never know what happens in these courtrooms and the things that they can stipulate and things that they can't because the they have to know. And I'm not saying. That so are you saying the owners put cap aware on the shelf? Is that, is that what you're saying? I'm I'm not ruling that out as a or possibility. Took it off the shelf or whatever the case. I'm not ruling it out as a possibility to say, listen, we realize that you're a symbol now. Like you stand for something, and what you stand for is basically anti us. Like you're. You're infringing upon our marketability right now mm. as as a league. So mm. if we make this settlement with you, what's a proper amount that you'll be okay with doing away with these other opportunities that were built upon this whole struggle you found yourself in? You know what I mean? I'm not saying that that happened. Obviously, I wasn't in a room with them, but I wouldn't put it past people to try and protect their bottom line. You know, and so it wouldn't surprise me if whatever deal he inked with, you know, the settlement that he can't fully talk about. <laughs> you know, help to kind of alleviate some of the other stuff. And again, I don't know, but mm. it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's <laughs> just weird, bro. Because, but I just hate that. That's what it takes now for like us to. I'm done with Nike. You know, oh yeah, I'm on Nike now. Oh, they now, oh, Kaepernick, Kaepernick. Oh, okay. And all it takes is, <laughs> oh wait, Gucci. Who co-signed Gucci now? Oh, Gucci got. A, oh, we got black designer Gucci. I'm going to buy Gucci now. Like, it's just, how are we so gullible? You feel me? Like, when are we going to get to the point where it's just like, you know what? If it ain't, if I don't believe it's black owned, if I don't believe like it's us making stuff for us, then I just don't want them to do this. Skip it. So what it sounds like is what the, what the Negroologist had known about us in 1954, we're mm-hmm. still operating with that same mindset. Apparently, yeah. And we we are still a pre-sold market, bro. I mean, I, I think, I don't know if it's, it may have been quality for them. I don't know. I, like I can't really tell you too much about the 1950s Negro. Like mm-hmm. he's more well versed than me, <laughs> apparently. But I will say that I feel like now it, we have a lot, a lot of folks that are really just trying to keep up with the Joneses, and we we want to be a part of whatever status, a part of whatever movement, a part of. But again, I don't know if that's something that's exclusive to black people. But since we're talking about us, that's not keeping that up with do. the Joneses is definitely not exclusive to black people. Yeah. Like there's, there's no doubt about that. But, but we do that nonetheless. But yeah, I don't know. Like I just, I don't know what I guess would be a good way or that's an honorable way that I can look at consumerism and, and not feel like people are being taken advantage of. Well, it would just the the good way I think the way that I see it is cooperative economics so we buy from each other yeah that's it i mean, I mean that's, nobody's being pandered to nobody you know yeah <laughs> i mean yeah not being pandered in a negative way as far as like being pandered to from somebody who doesn't respect your humanity exactly yeah like yeah we just buy from each other buy and sell from each other yeah. and create our own economic whatever our economic base so that's the positive version of it, but we but, but we're still working towards it. But they don't want that though, and I think there's many oh, forces that are out there trying to prevent something like that from happening. Yeah, you remember Black Wall Street and Nigga, uh, Nipsey, bro. I mean, yeah. we don't we don't know we don't know, <laughs> but there was always issues with him doing business over there. 
Yeah. Even him, he he even bought it just because like they were trying to kick him out, and uh, and the owner was like, "Hey, they they kicking out. They are evicting everyone of of your businesses. But hey, I'll I'll sell this to you if you want it because like they're, you know, city's putting pressure on me. Blah blah blah. So he he bought the lot, and so because he owned it. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't gonna evict his tenants, but the other owner was getting pressure, and he was just like, "Bro, I, I can't take this." But if you want to buy the lot, bro, I'll, I'll sell it to you. But do you like? Do you think? And again, I, I can't be. I know we're shifting a little bit. I, I can't be the one to say for certain that that wasn't the case. What you just said, mm-hmm. right? It could very well be true. But do you think that there's something to the fact that whenever we see one of ours, you know? You know, die tragically or to gun violence or what have you. You know, one of these rappers is what's most often the case. It's just a juicier story for us, or it's easier for Black people to digest if it's on some some conspiracy type. You know, you know the man wanted. You know, the Illuminati killed Tupac, or <laughs> the Illuminati. You know, it wasn't just that he was gangbanging for a second and he messed with the wrong nigga. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was that the Illuminati knew what he stood for and what he was about to do, and he was about to. You know, bring us all up on our racial uplift ideology and <laughs> racial uplift. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It all comes back. <laughs> and they wanted to stop him. So they just, no, no, no. There's surveillance that shows you how he got killed. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying, I can't say that that's not the case with Nipsey. I don't know. But I'm just saying, I find it just odd that every single time, every time, it never ceases to amaze me how, like, it's, it's all, not every time. It's only when it's people that's important. Well, yeah, but like everybody that gets shot is not MLK, you know, or Malcolm I know, X. You know, like sometimes it was just, you know, pure and utter niggatry. I hate to say it like that, but sometimes that's the case. <laughs> you know, I know you don't want to hear that. Not in Nipsey's case, though. There, that's that's the reason why people think there's something up with it because there was no niggatry going on with Nipsey. He was the total opposite of anything that would be no, but considered it, so-called niggatry. Like, but he I'm not was saying. The, him. One of the most constructive, reformed gang members in the history of of ganging, like you know what I mean. Like, there's no come on, man. No, but when I say niggatry, I'm not saying that like he has to have had succumbed to some lower level of thinking to 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 die to that. All it takes is an ignorant nigga who just don't care, who's broken, jealous. Like you know what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that that was the case, but more often than not, that happens before. Oh, this conspiracy! Oh, it was Doctor Sebi, and he was about to release information that's already accessible yeah, online. No, I don't think it was just Doctor Sebi. I think it was, <laughs> it was a combination. I mean, probably Doctor Sebi would have really like, been another reason to like. But it's it's to me it's it's very similar. Well, not very similar, but um, when there's like this, like you know, COINTELPRO, and they were always trying to eliminate the Black Messiah. The next dude that was gonna rise up and galvanize the people, so they're gonna snuff him out before he gets too powerful. And I think you know it can easily be said that Nipsey was becoming that guy, and he was self-made, and he had hella businesses, and he wasn't going to stop. Like Nipsey was not going to self-destruct. There was nothing about Nipsey that would say uh, it's not like one of these. You know, rappers that go broken five years after they stop touring, no, or no. one of the NFL players that go broken five years after no, they stop no, no. playing. He was very well Nipsey off. Nipsey was only going yeah. up. He was well off even without music. And you know? he was yeah. he was going he was he wasn't just talking about it. 
He was actually doing it. He was executing at a high level. If they let him, if they let Nipsey execute in that on for the next 20, 25 but, years, but bro. Here's the thing: you're saying they like. I, I, I get it, but I'm the just government saying, don't act like the government don't have conspiracies and that they corroborate. No, I know these things to exist. snuff people out, bro. I know these things. Ex- I I, well, I, don't, I believe things like that exist. I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of black men too that are in power that are, you know, more or that are actually quote unquote reckless and and don't care what they say. Want to galvanize the people? Like there's other there's other seemingly more obvious targets in my mind but nipsey was never he was one of them dudes that weren't working with them folks whatsoever he's the only one like the only one that is unapologetically i'm not saying he's the only one but he was he was on a trajectory where like yo you let this dude independently continue to grow and continue to make the impact that he wants to make and he don't have no whack deals with no, you know, corporations or no white people, like he's putting his people on, and and nobody from the other side is profiting. Only he's profiting, and only his community is profiting, and he's galvanizing people together, and he's talking to the police, and he's like really turning stuff around. Like, yo, that's wild to them. I, I mean, I don't know. I I don't. That's not something that's conducive to their system. I hear you, but I just I, I don't I don't think that that's exclusive to him though. I mean, he's doing great things. I'm not taking nothing from it, but it just seems like there'd be a lot of people on their target list if that's the only criteria. Who else can you name? Name five people on their target list that's moving like Nip. I mean, I, listen, a lot of his business acumen and so forth we found out about after his passing because it, you and I found out about well some of the a majority, lot, a lot, the majority of, people of people that know about but all they the good knew things. and that's all that matters they knew that he had influence bro white people not white people the powers that be the white supremacists the powers that be they pay attention and they start taking action when you start moving people when you start inspiring people and people respond to you so, and and if you're not making deals with them so if you don't make deals with them and you're moving and you're inspiring and you're doing all these things amongst your community all the things that like no nah, we we want that community we want no nah, we don't want no you, you're not supposed to flourish you're supposed to continue to be in poverty continue to beg for jobs continue to be on government continue to be in a state where we control your destiny and you don't control your destiny we don't want all these people controlling their destiny and, and gaining financial independence and getting knowledge no 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 that's not that's not what this game is about so the Nick Cannon. This is our game. This is not Nick Cannon and, and working the, with them folks. He's <laughs> always worked for white corporations. He's always made them money. He's mm-hmm. always done that. And so mm-hmm. when you make them money, the Nick Cannon or Charlemagne or whoever, they're gonna they have a they have a vested interest in you. So you can be woke all you want, pseudo woke, and then Nick Cannon go on his show talking about how he loved white women. <laughs> You, you see that you see the uh the video he had with Riza Islam I'm talking about why why can't I you know and I'm just like you know love who you love be with who you want to yeah. be with yeah. but Nick Cannon ain't liberating black people like that he'll say one thing and he'll do another thing and it's just like he gonna make money he gonna get people opportunities and there's nothing wrong with that yeah. and I, I love Nick Cannon for that but like he's not 
he's not going to be no revolutionary dude when it comes to like impacting the impacting people in a way that's as constructive as what Nipsey was doing. That's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. And and Nipsey wasn't working with the folks what nobody profiting off of Nipsey except for Nipsey and his family. Self-made, he had trust, he had businesses, he had hella investments, real estate like he was growing at a pace where it's like, yo, this dude 10, 15 years from now but I'm just powerful. Saying, I'm just saying there's other like and nobody can control him. The the dude, I'm not gonna say his name on here, but like one of the cats I told you about that I listened to on, on YouTube, similar story. I mean, he didn't grow up in the street. He actually, ironically enough, is is from LA, mm-hmm. um, um, from Compton. But similar dude, he was, you know, just a teacher or whatever, making fifty thousand or less in LA, which is nothing down there. Mm-hmm. And it, not even back when he was living like that. But made some smart investments, and now he's a real estate mogul, and he's his own. Like you know, he prides himself on being a self-made millionaire or whatever, owning all types of apartment complexes and housing this and that all through L.A. Like he epitomizes this this concept of buying back the block. Like mm-hmm. he he owns it all. Like he actually mm-hmm. was in talks. He said with with Nip about mm-hmm. possibly putting some business together, like with the two of them, or putting them. Jay Morrison. No, nah, no, nah, it's this cat named Fred. Um, what's his last name? I forget his last name <laughs> right now. It's, it's um, Fred Hawthorne, mm-hmm. his name. But uh, but yeah, like are they after him too? And he's got his own YouTube, and he he's like all he yeah. ever all he ever talks about is black liberation, and you don't need to be working with white people. You don't need to deal with them. You don't need, and you know if you spit in the next white person's face because he look at you wrong, you ain't wrong to do that. Like he be talking that shit like because mm-hmm. he's rich and he can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And can't nobody tell him nothing because he owns everything. But he didn't have the influence. But That's what I'm saying when but you I'm have saying, the when you have the money and the influence. If if there were targets to be had, like he seems like one of them. You know? No, but I mean it's but it's documented like the the targeting that they had on it. Like it's, that's obvious. Is it like I mean I know you talk about the complex, but it, I just don't know. Like you might be right, but I'm saying yeah, I mean, like, just him, you know, always getting the spots always getting like I don't want to say rated, but, you know, they have him jammed up all the time on, on some silly stuff. You know what I mean? And them, like, the city trying to evict him up out of there. Yeah. And then they couldn't evict him once he owned the place. So now, like, oh, shoot. Now it's me. I think they were probably just intimidated about the company that, <laughs> you know, he brought with him. Or that, you know. Of course. Yeah, you know what That's I'm what I'm saying. <laughs> like, the people that he had with him. Like Nip really had, if you think about it, he had a yeah, whole really army. Was, yeah. He had an army, bro. Like if he, the with a, somebody like that that can galvanize quote unquote dangerous gang members, and get them all together. Like right now, it's, it's a truce right now because of what happened. Yeah. But he was already working towards that. It wasn't like it's just just like magically. Like it definitely his death has sped up the uh, the the talks and the whatever. You know what I mean? So. The truce that they've that they settled on, but that was in the works. It's no mystery that black unity is not profitable for white people. That's right. that's what right. I'm getting at. I bro. understand that, but I'm just saying I don't know if every if every tragic situation points to something being that deep. Tell me a tragic situation that hasn't pointed to to that. Tupac being killed. Okay, <laughs> like I mean, I'm talking about people that were actually liberating, but black liberators. That were killed, and it just happened to be a coincidence that they got killed. I mean, the government has been involved. Fred Hampton, Malcolm X, MLK, Mega Evers, uh, and there's there's a, a few other names that I'm not even thinking about right now. That's not coming to my mind. 
the government has had their hand in all of that stuff, bro. And it's been documented. Again. And they've, quote, unquote, apologized to the families for their actions. And they didn't. A few rogue officers made some plans and whatever. Come on, man. Listen, I, I look, I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm just saying the fact that every we always jump to that conclusion. Maybe the fact that we always we have a reason to jump to that conclusion. It's know, not man. far-fetched, bro. That's what I'm saying. Listen, it's not far-fetched. In an effort to be fair, which, you know, it can only serve to perhaps, I don't want to say make your point, but support some of the stuff you're saying. The only thing about this that, well, not the only thing, but one of the things that looked a little bit, I don't want to say damning, but it was just a little fishy to me. Like, okay, this is kind of weird. It's a dude that got shot by him who, like, somebody was pushing this narrative that, you know, you know, he only met up there to give this dude clothes so he could support you know he could look you know presentable he just got out of jail, got out of jail. Yeah. but I, I heard an interview <laughs> from DJ Vlad of all people in the situation like he always know when to tap into <laughs> Vlad is a snitch but go ahead <laughs> he ain't no snitch niggas be snitching on themselves on his show I know he working with the folks that's what I'm saying <laughs> but anyway so but he, he actually got an interview with that dude who got shot from jail right mm-hmm. so this dude he, you know and he's telling his story he's like I, I don't even know Nip. Like, he was like, when I went in, in prison, Nip had to be like seven years old or something like that. I never knew him. And I've been in prison for 25 years. That, and that's the thing that, yeah. didn't, that didn't make sense to yeah. me. It's like, how is this Nip's friend and this dude been in jail for 20 yeah. years and so Nip he, is 33? So he's like, so. people are pushing this narrative. And the reason why, not that I had a problem, like, I'm, I'm thankful to Nip that he would do that. But it wasn't like Nip came there for that. It was like, we happened to be there. Nip happened to be there because he's there often it's doing things. Store, it's so. his store, and then well, when he found out, when the people were like, "Oh, this is a real dude. He just did twenty five years." Like, yeah. And Nip said, "You know, you know, to his manager, to whoever there, like, yo, this dude is good. Take care of him." Like it was just on some, not like I know this dude. He was mm-hmm. like, he, "I just happened to see him. Like I don't know him like that. Like we just we know the same people, and I'm respected, and everybody knows Nip. So Nip chose to take care of me." But it was really just by chance. He was like, I just saw him, and I was actually taking a picture with him, like, because he's a celebrity. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody takes a picture with Nip. So mm-hmm. that's what. I, so he, so he said, the weird thing about that to me is one. So there's a fake story that was going out there. I don't know who put that BS out there mm-hmm. and, and why. And it's but, caught on. Yeah, and it's caught on. Like, what purpose would anybody who's there have to be? Like, unless they were just like, oh man, Nip was helping this dude, and just over dramatizing something that wasn't because mm-hmm. sometimes you put cameras in people in front of people and they just start saying stuff so mm-hmm. that's possible but the real thing that had me like yo this is weird is because he got shot he's a victim mm-hmm. he got shot mm-hmm. right then they said that he by his testimony they said that the officers told him that higher ups have told him that he violated his parole by being in contact with known gang members i.e nipsey hustle he's like mm-hmm contact with gang members i just happened to see this dude at his i don't even know him like that i I just came to get a shirt so so he's not only is he shot and i think he's in a wheelchair right now because it it hit close to his spine so i don't know if he's paralyzed but he's 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 having trouble walking Mm -hmm. and all this and that like they won't let him out he's still in jail right now and they're trying to put him in prison right they're trying to put him in prison he has a hearing i guess coming up but he said every officer that he's talked to has told him look I agree with you. I'm on your side. I understand. Higher ups have told us we gotta take you in. Like, like, so they keep on saying like higher ups are telling him like the parole board is saying that this dude violated his parole by being involved with known gangsters. 
when he wasn't involved with nobody, he just happened to be somewhere and got shot, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And now he's being taken in and detained, like as if he was. That's the part that looks weird to me. Like, what, of course, like it's what, weird. The whole thing is th weird. That's the bro. part that if I was, if there's any element of this that made me say, "Yo, like, th is there something that's trying to be hidden?" Of course, like, it's weird. So there's like, that. So there's that. There's that. So so again, I'm not putting it past but it. But let's continue. Yeah. Let's continue. So there's that. Yeah. Why did Eric Holder come back and kill Nip? Why didn't he kill everybody? Could it, I mean it could be a multitude of reasons though? Could it not be that he was jealous? Y'all, you know that this dude is an aspiring rapper. Like he has a SoundCloud. Why? But listen, listen. You're typically jealous of people that you know and love. You're not. not you're not. You're not jealous of people that you don't know. That you don't have an emotional attachment. You don't have with. to have it. Black people don't kill. We don't do no dumb shit like that. What do you mean? Just killing. The dude that is building up your neighborhood because you're jealous, of him, just just because you're jealous, not because you know him and y'all was best friends at one point and then y'all wasn't best friends, not because he smashed your baby mom, not because he disrespected your cousin. You just happen to be jealous one day and then you go up there and start shooting everybody but you make sure you kill Nip you shoot him three times you go back you shoot him again you kick him like you make sure that he's dead but who said that he was just jealous one day this is just the one day that he acted on it and again I don't know if this is the case but I'm just saying just because this is the incident it doesn't mean that he hasn't been a hater all this time you don't think there's haters it's like man i can't stand this nigga every time he come to town everybody worshiping this dude he ain't even special bro like there are those miserable people in in the world like right, like that person exists Like you can't you can't put that past those people exist bro that, if it's not a drive-by when people do a like a cold-blooded killing it's typically because there's like a there's a backstory behind it when it's black people that's all i'm saying bro like white people will just go and shoot up a movie theater but, but when black people do a drive-by, like, they're shooting for a reason. Like, when his, when Eric Holder's mom and baby mom, whoever's house, his family's houses got shot up, That's people weren't, people weren't going to shoot up his mom's house just because they wanted to shoot up a random house. You killed Nip. So yeah. we're going to retaliate in this fashion. And that's logical for black retaliation, black passion, passionate crimes, bro. The crimes happen because of something. That's that's like really triggering. Yeah. White people do the random stuff. We don't do the random stuff. I think what'll be more telling is if they actually put out surveillance. That's another thing that's weird. They have what surveillance. No, they put out surveillance, but the surveillance that's, um, um, and I'm I'm proving all your points with the facts, right? That is weird, but like the surveillance that's put out is from across the street mm -hmm. or from like some weird angle mm -hmm. there they were standing right in front of the store so in the store itself has like seven cameras inside they haven't released anything from that side mm, interesting they haven't so and that's the big question is like why are you not releasing it because the, apparently they said that eric holder walked up and they had some interaction like minutes before or something mm -hmm. like that and there's been so many like different like some people say it got heated it was an argument nipsey said oh you snitch get out of here some people say that Oh, it was really nothing. Like like Nip's uh, his his business partner. Well, he really he was an employee with the cowboy dude. Mm -hmm. Like I heard him talk about it, and he said, "Oh, like it wasn't no drama. Like he had a little conversation, yada yada, and dude walked off, and then he came back with a gun. So if he's right, then 
you know, it, it, it looks make no it sense. looks a little weird. You know, and then so but, so a dude comes back, he he kills Nip, or shoots him, shoots all these other people, but then comes back to finish the job on Nick, or Nip, and then getaway driver drives off. He's gone for a couple of days. He just happens to be at a mental health facility. So you believe that he was getting instruction from somebody? If higher ups are involved with that dude going to prison. Then higher ups were if they if they're involved they're involved that's what I'm saying if they're involved they're involved yeah so if they're involved in that facet why wouldn't they be involved from everything what little, what what black person commits a crime is in is either joyriding after the robbery or after the murder or is the getaway driver and then they don't go to prison or they don't get convicted or they don't go to at least sit in county. Until your trial comes up, typically that person is getting um, convicted of the same crime as if they did it, just just for driving or just for being in the car. But she said she didn't know, which I know sounds stupid. So now they're just something. taking our word for it. Yeah, just 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 this time, right? Well, the thing that looks weird too is they got Christopher Darden. <laughs> That's the part that looks funny, like Christopher Darden's representing some random dude in the hood, but. Like like what we said, was same that, dude that prosecuted OJ. Yeah, same dude that prosecuted OJ, yeah. representing this random dude in the hood that killed Nipsey Hussle for no apparent reason, quote on air quotes, and he's like some mentally ill dude. Why are you representing him? Why do you need to do that? For yeah. what? I mean, that dude don't got no money. Who's paying for Christopher Darden? <laughs> I mean, hey. I, he needs a court-appointed lawyer, so... Oh, so uh, court-appointed? <laughs> <laughs> bro, everything... What was weird, everything too, is because he's, he's, strange, not, even, he's not even... I've never known him to be a defense attorney. Like, he was a prosecutor. People don't typically just jump to the other side. Uh, and, you know, the fact that you were prosecuting OJ, <laughs> which you were working for, you know, certain people in that regard, mm -hmm. which I don't want to get this misconstrued. I think OJ did it, so that's different. But this here... You know, it, there are some weird elements to it. I'm not going to say that there's not. And that's why I'm saying, like, it could be a possibility that some weird stuff, you know, took place. I'm not putting it past that to be the case. I'm more so just speaking about this phenomena that every single time, when sometimes something looks a little more simple than that, we always, like, dig for something deeper. And, you know, to your point, we have historical elements to lead us to that conclusion sometimes. Like, with the prominent figures in our history that have been subjected to that, I get it. But like I'm saying, everybody ain't, you know, Nat Turner. Everybody ain't MLK or Malcolm X or whomever else. Everybody's not that. Everybody's not, you know, Frederick Douglass or whoever of these, you know, martyrs like Harriet Tubman. Everybody's not that, you know, we like we see like and I'm not saying that, you know, please don't get it twisted. I'm not saying Nipsey was just a hood nigga with no depth or anything. I think that he was doing great things, you know, but I just find that every single time like. And maybe it's like it's not every time, bro. There's a lot of rappers that have been killed or that have died, and ain't nobody said nothing about no conspiracy. I don't know, man. Like, can you name a bunch that have been killed that we ain't been like, oh, it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy with you know, um, Mac Dre. It's a conspiracy with. It was a conspiracy with Mac Dre. I heard people say that on YouTube. I heard people going like, you know what I'm saying like, I'm not just talking about a random YouTuber. I'm talking about multiple, like a consensus of the black community. Like, yo, we know. 
You know what I mean? Like this is definitely ain't nobody ain't nobody talking about a conspiracy with Mac Dre, bro. Conspiracy with Pac, conspiracy with Biggie, conspiracy with like I mean, I don't know. Like you know, again, we got reason to think that to some degree, but I don't think it's always that deep. In this situation, it might. I don't know. Because there are some weird elements, I ain't gonna lie. But I just don't know what's true and what's not at this point. Without the surveillance being there, you know, without them showing it, and I know it's weird that they won't show it. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. It all seems weird. Like, the part that's weird for me is that this dude has a SoundCloud and he's been trying to rap. And other rap, like, you know, Yuck Mouth? Like, Yuck Mouth <laughs> said, I know this dude. Like I, like, I remember being at shows and this dude would be backstage, like, dapping me up and, you know, yeah, 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 yada, yada. Like, like he's trying to get on some kind of way, like... For all intents and purposes, it seems like a dude that was a struggle rapper that mm-hmm. that really wanted to get on some kind of way. Mm-hmm. To me, that breeds a jealous mentality. Like it's not far fetched to think that a nigga like that. Can How just many be struggle jealous. rappers go out and kill prominent rappers? Not everybody. I mean, obviously, he's not. He doesn't speak for the majority. But I, well, all I mean is that jealousy seems that it could be a factor in a situation like this. And, and you're being dishonest if you say that based on those jealousy probably played no part like it's not possible that it was just jealousy it's possible you know whether or not that's okay i mean i would say granted dude has mental health issues or whatever but i would so say that say. i would say the well yeah so uh-huh. i would say the probability of him killing nipsey purely because he was jealous and he's been around a lot of different rappers um he was jealous on a sunday afternoon and he killed nipsey yeah, there is a 0.45% chance oh that that's the reason why this man killed Nipsey because he was jealous on a Sunday. But he also said that from what people say, this dude comes from the same community. He was a Crip too, not a Rolling Sixties Crip, but, but a Crip. And, you know, from LA, from that same area, they, they knew him, he, they knew each other. Like, this, he was on, I think he would have been like, I think they say he's like 29 or something like that. So it's a few years younger than Nip. Like, you know what I'm saying? You come from the same place. Like, this is a, a known dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying it don't take a lot to have haters in your own community. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever the case may be, even if, you're, if, if your theory is correct and that this came from some higher up, you can't just convince anybody of that. You got to convince somebody who would be willing to do such a thing, which you would be a hater to do that. <laughs> you know? All I, look, I just, I don't know if it's, it's as deep as what people say. That's what I'm saying. And I might be not that I'd be proven wrong because I'm not saying that that's not the case but it just don't look like at, at face value and again there's a lot of other stuff that might come into play that might be like whoa this was really set up but at face value I'm just like yo this don't look it just looks like I mean how many shootings have there been in in Los Angeles in the past year no, I don't don't do that I, what? I mean, I'm just saying, don't like, don't do that. That ain't got nothing to do with this. Don't try to lump that. That's that's the, how they. That's how that's how no, they'll paint it. No, like, no, no, well, no. Well, per capita, you know, there's 127 no. shootings in this area <laughs> no, per quarter. Listen, so I no. mean, this is just one of many. No, but this dude, this dude, they said that this dude not only was, all right, they said he was an informant, which doesn't support. So he's working with them folks, <laughs> right? I get that, right? But they also said this dude was a known shooter, like amongst. Like people in the in the community that knew him like that, they said, "Yeah, he's a great little Manchurian candidate, bro." I mean, you might be right. I mean, I at this point, like, I don't hope for either. It's just tragic that it happened. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I hope that whatever happened gets revealed. But 
Well, yeah, man. Um, there, there's a few more clips of the, the secret to sound the Negro, but we get the point. We get the point, bro. We're a pre-sold market. They know us yeah. better than we know ourselves. And, and we're not that different from white folks. Definitely not. Actually, okay. a little bit better when it comes to consumers. Okay. You know, we're more <laughs> valuable to the system. Oh, yeah. What, I don't know if that's a good thing that we should be proud of, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't saying that it's like a, you know, not to big ourselves up. <laughs> or, but, you know, our our value... I mean, we are obviously very valuable, man. And once we, once we understand that and we shop with each other and we do business with each other... I mean, that's that's what the system does not want for us. Bro. That's the key. And you know what? That's the one objection he never had an answer for. He always talked, the Negro that wants quality, the Negro that wants to you know not feel like you're talking to him like he doesn't have money. Mm-hmm. The Negro, he didn't speak about the Negro that wants to shop from somebody that looks like him. Mm. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't speak. Like, that didn't even enter his psyche. Now, and actually, I don't know how prevalent that was at that time. Exactly. So yeah. I'm saying maybe he just never, none of them fathomed a day that, you know, black people will own things and have things to sell for themselves, to profit themselves. Maybe well, that, not not in the North. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not in the North. Yeah. Like in the South, Oklahoma, Oklahoma Tulsa, we yeah. know what happened with, with, you know, with that. But in the North and, you know, St. Louis and everywhere that wasn't a slave state or whatever, like, yeah, man. In Chicago, it wasn't. That wasn't something that was going on like that. Yeah. We was just working. So do you think, I wonder just in, in closing, do you feel like, and not that, you know, celebrities and whatnot can really make up the rule. I hate when people use actions of celebrities to justify, like, the collective of black people. That's stupid to me. Yeah. Because <laughs> they make up less than 1%. But just to humor myself, right, do you think that, like, the basic the tutelage that this dude gave on selling the Negro, like, has anything to do with why people like Mayweather and T.I. and the rappers of the world wear Gucci and that sort of thing? Like, like, did they, did they succumb to the same, you know, um, I guess, ideology that was used to sell Negroes back then? Mm, I don't think so, because now those, those European uh, designers... Mm-hmm. They're not even targeting us. Okay. So I think what what we're doing right now is more of a symptom of being mistreated for so long, and we have like a we have a poor self concept, and what we see as success in this world is what we see in the white man, hmm. and so we want to feel successful. And so if we see the ultra successful white man wearing Tom Ford suits, wearing Gucci or wearing Prada, you know, we go to Greenwich, Connecticut for whatever reason. We go to Manhattan for whatever Mm. reason. And that's what they're doing. And that's what they're rocking. Like, yo, I want to I'm 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 successful, too. So the oppression we've dealt with for so long has put us in a state where we feel validated to be in spots that are designated for them. Right. Gotcha. And then when you start wearing that or you start doing the things that they do, now you feel like that oppression don't affect you. Because I'm look, Look I got I got I got a house in their neighborhood. I live in Calabasas, too. Wow. I'm rocking Gucci, too. (laughs) That's real. You can't. That's what, what did Kanye say? <laughs> what did he say? Can't tell me nothing. 
ha <laughs> you you can't tell me nothing like once that nigga get his money right bruh it's if i get my money come on right. man come on man so that's i feel like that's what that's what we're doing right now hmm. that's I, it that, that's real that's real i i man I we're can't. not all of us i'll say those celebrities those certain people that we can look at them like but the, the guys that say they spend a million dollars a year on Gucci. But the part that's 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 troublesome for me in that it doesn't like you know refute what you're saying, but just the, the irony, for lack of a better word, is that some of these dudes that are doing that be some of the ones that are you know supposedly woke and the voices of our generation, and they speak of black well, liberation. Is, I mean, come on now, we don't go by, we can't go by that. But I'm just saying, like, it'd be the ones that we be that many of us look to for, you know, guidance. Like, oh, well, this black man is making me understand the value of being a black man in America. Like, but these well, be the, the ones, media, the media is. But they'd be the same ones wearing these, design. these brands. <laughs> That's you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so even those of us who like seem to epitomize everything that's that that would stand for being independent and being black owned and you know all of that, mm-hmm. even they succumb to these same you know deficiencies. But that everybody that's talking it ain't living it. You know, I hear what mm-hmm. you say, but I see what you do, and what you do is that's more real. important than what you say. And that's so real. we can hear them talk all this stuff. You know what I mean? But if they're not doing it. Then it doesn't have as much power, and we know that. That's real. So we know what's real. We know what's fake. Yeah. And going back to Nipsey, man, we hear what you say and we see what you do, and everything lines up. Yeah. Everything is cohesive, and it's undeniable. Everything was coming to pass just as he planned it. He went the long route. He went the independent route. Yeah. He went. The, he he had he employed patience. He did his thing. And everything was coming together. But everybody's got a not you know segue you know, a little bit off of Nipsey. Everyone I believe has a certain price. You mean to tell me like somebody's gonna sign a check for like five million? You just had to pose wearing Gucci. Like you you not you not taking that check right now. You not five million. This is generational wealth for you and your family. What, your kids will never profit, have to work. What profited a man? To gain the world. Oh my gosh! But and lose his soul. It's not no sin to wear I'm not, Gucci. I'm not selling my soul. It's to not Gucci, no my sin brother. to wear. You lose your soul in other ways, not for wearing Gucci. I'm not saying you should. I wouldn't want to wear Gucci, but for bro, five, ten million dollars to pose like even albeit they realize it was horrible PR and they just need a nigga to to wear Gucci to to, to you know what I'm saying. Mondo, I'm gonna get my you millions. I'm gonna get my millions <laughs> one way or the other. You know you be tempted. <laughs> And you, I'm you and, and I'm going the long way, brother. Hey, alright. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. I'm going the long way. I'm not I'm not come for, on man. For the record, Gucci. I'm not saying I would. I'm just saying. It's cool. <laughs> no judgment. No judgment. But that's not that's not happening. Cash that check and put it back into the community. See and, see my brother, <laughs> you gotta understand that what I'm doing, you know, it's a bigger picture and what you looking at is not what you seeing, you know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Farrakhan Gucci. <laughs> that's gonna be a rapper oh my gosh easily i said it first i need to like make a, a url or, a, <laughs> or what you gonna call it. so if we see that that nigga gonna pay me before, oh, he, before he blow up farrakhan gucci that's actually a dope name i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> <laughs> bro i'm making the web page today <laughs> yeah. bro that's your that's your ig yeah, handle bro farrakhan gucci bro no wow <laughs> you no. merged the two worlds no come on man <laughs> Everybody's hit list, nah. Man. 
But y'all appreciate you for uh, sitting in on this with me, bro. Another no dope episode once Always. again. No doubt. Yeah, man. And uh, once again, y'all, it's the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide. And we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Grace and peace. <laughs> <laughs>